You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. This morning's talk, the main point is entitled, Discipleship is an Invitation to Become Beautiful. Discipleship is an invitation to become beautiful, for God to transform our heart. In the Gunger song, um, Beautiful Things, it says this, all this pain, I wonder if I'll ever find my way. I wonder if my life could really change at all. All this earth, could all that is lost ever be found? Could a garden come up from this ground at all? And this guy's singing about, like, is there any hope for me? Is there really any hope for me? If I engage in this discipleship process, if I do what you're saying, is, is, really, is God really gonna change anything? And then it goes into the chorus. In the chorus, he says, you make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of dust. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of us. And then the break says, you make me new. You are making me new. You make me new. You're making me new. And the journey that we're on with God is this, is this crazy, undescribable, hard to get our hands around idea that we have been transformed in Christ, that we are a new creation, but we are being made new all the time, every day, and every way. And you ask, well, what is God making new? There's one thing that he is making new in your life. There's one thing that God's eyes are on when he sees you, and it's your heart. A disciple of Jesus is someone who has a transformed heart. It has nothing to do with your actions, nothing to do with your ministry, nothing to do with your thoughts. It has to do with your heart. And so the journey that we're on as a church is, am I in a position where I'm yielding my heart to be transformed by the Lord? Because we think of discipleship as Bible study, as prayer, as going to church. And all of those things are things that a disciple of Jesus does. However, they're outward outward expressions of what's happened internally. When Grace was a little girl, I would say to her at night when I put her to bed, something to the effect of, Grace, how much do I love you? She would go, she goes, Daddy, you love me this much. I go, no. She goes, Daddy, you love me this much. And sometimes I'd say, Grace, how beautiful is Grace? Sometimes she'd say, this beautiful. Sometimes she'd say, this beautiful. She'd hold up her hands. And I'd say, no. I'd say, Grace, you are this beautiful. Grace, you are this loved. And sometimes I'd say, how much does God love Grace? And she goes, God loves me this much. I said, no. God loves you this much. Now, do you think that when Grace came home and she said, Dad, I turned my card today in kindergarten. I was doing the best I I could. Little boy came over, tried to kiss me. I smacked him in the jaw. And, And they turned my card from a green to a red. I said, well, Grace, you know what that means. God loves you this much. You think I ever said that to her? Hell to the note would I ever say that to my little girl. But that's what we believe about how God sees us, isn't it? And so we believe the lie that discipleship is about me. 
about my efforts, about my actions, about what I do, how much I've changed myself, which is a lie. And when we believe that lie, it is a hard road back to truly believing what discipleship is really about. Posturing our heart before a father who loves us this much so that he can transform us into beautiful things. That's what discipleship is. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance. And Samuel's looking for a king. And before this, you know, God's kind of said, I'm searching everywhere for a king to lead my people who is after my heart. I'm looking for, I'm looking at the hearts of men, finding someone who is after my heart. I'm looking at hearts to find someone to lead my people. And he says this to Samuel. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on his height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as, a man, as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord looks on the heart. When Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? To read your Bible and pray every day. No. To do the best you can. No. Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with what? With all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, with all of your soul. And what that commandment really means when you kind of unpack it is this. Love, what's the greatest commandment? That's easy. It's one thing. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. What does that mean? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart means with all of your mind, with all of your strength, with all of your passion, with all of who you are, love the Lord your God. You see, in the Hebrew tradition, heart was the very epicenter of who someone was. There wasn't a separation between the thoughts and the mind and our feelings and emotions. In our heart resided, resides in the Hebrew thought, everything. It's the epicenter. It's who someone really is. It's at the heart of the matter. What's the heart of the matter? The very core, the heart of the building, the very core of the building. The center of it all. The center. It means center. It's the center of us, where everything comes from. So when Jesus says that, he says, where everything comes from, that's what you're to love the Lord your God with. And that will look like all parts of who you are. But we struggle with that. We struggle with that. We struggle with the idea of positioning our heart. There's a great illustration that I used to give out to people in Young Life. This little book, they'd become a believer. It's called My Heart Christ Home. This little pamphlet. It's a bestseller by Robert Munger. And basically in this little book, My Heart Christ Home, I mean, because it's a hard thing to get our hands around. How do we posture our heart? What does that really mean? I'm saved, but I'm being saved. I'm new, but I'm being made new. Well, it looks like in this little book, he kind of explains it. Basically, it's this little cheesy story. (laughs) It's very legalistic with some questionable theology in parts, but it's nevertheless very powerful about a person who's become a believer. Christ is living in their heart and it's it's set in his home. And he says, and Jesus lives in my home now. And he goes, and he lives in the hearth of my home. He has his own special little room. And then the, the book goes on to unpack how he takes Jesus into all the other rooms of his house and individually giving them over to him one by one. As an illustration 
to reflect and to show this is what the journey of discipleship looks like. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Is that when we become a Christian, he comes into our heart and he lives with us through the power of the Spirit. Ephesians 3.17 talks about that. But then he says, I want to take you on this journey of you trusting me with more of your heart, more of your life. So will you let me have the, this room that's filled with all your desires? Will you trust me with that, Antley? Will you let me have this room where your kids play and where they're educated? Will you trust me with that? Will you trust me with your marriage? Will you trust me with your rec room? Will you trust me with your friends? Will you trust me with these different areas? And the the book kind of talks about this idea and this journey that God calls us on as his disciple of trusting us, trusting him more and more with who he is and what he promises us so that our heart, the very center of who we are, will be transformed, will be changed. Understanding that if God changes that, then everything else will change also. Our thoughts change, our beliefs change, our decisions, our desires change, our outward behavior changes. In the Old Testament, the greatest commandment was the same. And God gave them a list of things to do to make sure it would happen. Write it on your foreheads. Stamp it between your eyes. Write it on your hands like the slaves would to know who they belong to. Write it on the doorpost. Write it on the gates. When you rise, talk about it. Teach your children this. When you have dinner, talk about it. When you go out with your friends, talk about it because you're gonna forget. And the pinnacle of God talking about the heart is God saying, it's not gonna work. As much as they write it down, as much as they try to believe and behave and to do the things that lead them to me blessing their heart, they just can't do it. In Ezekiel 36, in Jeremiah, they talk about this. In several parts of the Old Testament, it says this. And I will give you a new heart, God says. I'm gonna have to fix this problem. And a new spirit I'll put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in a and my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules. I'll put my spirit within you that will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See, all of our effort, all of the energy, everything that we try to do will never be enough. It's the spirit that lives inside of us that transforms the heart. There's one transforming factor in our life, and it's the Holy Spirit. It's why we love him so much here at River City Church. He is who changes our heart. God's put him in there to transform us. Cause us to obey him. Does that mean he will make us obey him? No. But he will give us opportunity to obey him. He will give us opportunity to position ourselves in a way that when we respond to the move of the spirit, he will transform our hearts. Here's an example. I have a great illustration I'm gonna use next week that I have this week about surfing I know you don't surf but you'll hear it next week here's another illustration so Monday was my first day in the office last week after being gone for what felt like four days from you beautiful awesome people and I'm driving I have it it's like a horrifically long day we end with an elder meeting I'm in Peggy Sue my new little van I'm driving home and I am exhausted I am worn out. I'm so tired. My eyes are bleeding. I'm not used to working. I mean, I've been out of work, right? I've been in meetings the whole day with my staff. I'm so tired. Driving home. And as I'm driving home, I have this picture 
comes to my mind just in a brief second. And it's the place where over the summer I've cultivated where I spend time with God, where I read my little psalm every day. And I picture that. And I just feel the Lord calling me to, re- to restore me, to rejuvenate me, to give me rest in my exhaustion. And I get excited, not at the discipline of having the quiet time. And, and, and I cultivated that in my heart through discipline in the summer by making myself spend time with the Lord, even when I didn't feel like it. I had no, nothing else to do, though. So I, I developed this discipline in the summer, and that's what the Lord rose up in me to say, Hanley, I feel how tired you are. I love you as your father. Will you come to me? Will you let me restore you? So I'm driving home on Monday night, and this is all I can think of. I get home, stuff's going on with the kids a little bit, and before you know it, man, I'm watching Monday Night Football on ESPN. And then an episode or two of Homeland. And I went to bed more exhausted than I was when I was driving home. Exhausted, tired. That is an example of the Lord saying, Antley, will you let me transform your heart? Is there anything wrong with Homeland? Homeland? Hell, to the no, there's nothing wrong with Homeland in and of itself. Is there anything wrong with watching Monday Night Football? No. But when we substitute it for what God has created and designed us for to restore us, we choose not to position ourselves for our heart to be transformed and our heart won't be transformed. That's the journey of discipleship. As the Spirit moves us, we respond. He transforms and then we look, behave, love, and act differently. So the question is, how do I position my heart to be transformed, isn't it? I'm going to talk more about that next week. But this week, right now, we're going to stand. We're going to worship, and we're going to, going to say to the Lord, Lord, we're not going to have prayer ministry in the front today. Not this service. If you want prayer ministry and hear the full talk, you can come to the next service. But right now, what I just was sensing as we were kind of preparing for this, is that this is what we all need. This is what we've all come for. This is why we come to church. This is what it means to be a disciple. It's to allow God to transform our heart. Come on, Lex, come up here. And we're gonna start with a song that invites us into that. And then we're just gonna probably just, we're just gonna let that settle with us. We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come and we're all gonna receive. If you feel led to wanting more prayer, you can come forward. But I want us all to receive this morning. I want us all to participate in giving God an opportunity to transform our heart, that we would leave differently. We'd be further along the path of being a disciple of Jesus. You know, really the question I think that Jesus is asking us when we think about the journey of discipleship is not will you be my disciple? It's will you let me transform you? Will you let me make you beautiful? And when he sees you, he already thinks that you're beautiful. So beautiful. Because as you know Jesus, he sees your heart. He loves your heart. Any guilt, any shame that you feel right now as a result of missed opportunities, as a result of disobedience, as a result of sin in your life, the Lord, our Father, does not judge you on that. He judges you on your heart. And if you don't know Jesus, we would love to pray for you this morning that you would come to know him, 
that he would come to live there and that our Father would too would also see you as beautiful. What he sees when he sees you is your heart. What he's after this morning is your heart. The question is, will you let him make you beautiful? Will you let him transform your heart? So we're going to sing this song. Then I'm just going to begin, I'm just going to see what God does. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And we want you to receive. We want you to, if you've never done this before, just posture yourselves, position yourself before God. Let him speak to you. Say, Lord, my heart is turned to you. I wait for you. Speak to me. Transform me.